0: in a world in the year 2017 in a time of tradition in a city where anything can happen a war that isn't his every day in new york city on the miami police force in the deep south
1: going on everyone and welcome back to the video store for the latest episode of late fees. I am your host Justin here with Pat, Eric, and Cam. We're we are together again, uh but I I hate that it has to be under these circumstances. It's been quite some time since all four of us have been, you know, uh on, on the same show. Uh, we've been hopping around. We have we've had different uh, you know, previous engagements and things going on. And now, you know, things you know, extenuating circumstances just in life have caused us all to kind of sit down and really be able to do this. So there's no excuses. What's up, guys?
2: Hello. Uh, you and I have talked quite a bit uh, this week.
1: Oh, yeah, a lot. I've, I've actually podcasted a lot. This is probably my fifth podcast yeah. of the week.
2: <laughs> yeah, it took my, it's my most and most frequent hu- human interaction.
1: <laughs> Cam, what's going on, brother?
3: Cam? Uh, nothing much, okay. man. Just... It's taking it easy, been in the house, like working. Like, I'm blessed enough to still be able to work from home. I know a lot of people have been hit hard by this, and it's unfortunate. So, even in a time like this, I kind of been able to at least find some type of silver lining, I guess, and realize everything is in gloom and doom for me. And I, I, I don't take as much stuff for granted as I think that's right. the biggest thing that I've taken from this as well. Like, certain things that we've that. We are allowed to do throughout the regular day-to-day that we might not think is a big deal um i've been able to sit back in the last couple of weeks or so and just reflect and be like you know what like i won't take this stuff for granted ever again once we are able to go back outside and do all of the things that we enjoy to do like that's probably been the biggest takeaway that i've had in the last two weeks while this has all been happening and just in general
1: yeah yeah, you're you're more wise than all three of us. Yeah. <laughs> that,
4: that was really that was beautiful for real. No 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 cap. Uh,
1: so we uh we had to change up the show a little bit. I know you guys are probably uh after the Turtles episode, you were probably wondering why we didn't have a rewind episode. Uh and that's because literally after we did the rewind episode, that's when every or after we did the Turtles episode, that's when everything kind of went went uh, belly up and uh, so many things changed and obviously me and Pat have been in contact, me and Eric have been in contact, me and Cam we've all been in contact, it's just, just finding the time to be able to sit down and do this uh, so we didn't actually have a movie <laughs> <laughs> this, this episode uh, just, just due to these circumstances uh, but we're gonna talk about what we've all been watching, and we're gonna talk about just really about the uh, the extenuating circumstances, not only with America, but with the box office right now. A lot of things are changing. I like I I would fathom to say, as I say every episode after a nine eleven reference, everything has changed again.
2: Yeah, everything's changing once more. Uh, I mean, people are really? saying there's not going to be shit in theaters anymore. I don't think that's true eric are you in a cabinet
4: sorry i dumped some uh gluten-free rigatoni in the water <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs>
2: you know what i gotta tell you i i was uh eating some pretzels that i bought from the store uh and they were very crunchy uh it was the small kind and i looked and they were gluten-free and you know what the gluten-free pretzels have stayed crunchy for a very long fucking time my friend
4: See, you got it, baby. It's
2: we
1: can do this, man. I mean, I'm solidarity. So uh, a lot of things have been <laughs> a lot of things have been changing. Uh just in terms of the box office. Uh I mean we've had a, a lot of movies, shift dates. I mean, just literally a day ago, the biggest movie, uh probably of the summer, honestly, uh Wonder Woman eighty four just got moved to August, which stayed within the the summer, uh the summer movie schedule. Don't I think
2: they, was that we're gonna limp limp in there.
1: Well, well, yeah. I, I, think. I mean, when you really look at the lineup for this year, there is no huge din- Disney tentpoles over the the summer. I think everyone was kind of banking on Wonder Woman 84 to make all that money that and tenant so Warner Brothers is, is is pretty much like you know banking on still having a summer uh this year and I, I I don't think it's a it's a bad bet uh that August will probably be that time but they haven't moved tenant yet uh the Disney's moved everything all the way from mulan all the way up through the, their may slate uh for black, black Widow Artemis file everything like what do you guys think about these these changes uh Eric I'll start with you
4: I mean, we got to be, you know, if we're going to go full mask off here, the only reason they pushed Wonder Woman was because Gal Gadot did that Imagine video. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, all, all jokes aside, man, it, all jokes aside, it's, um, it's, it's really odd to, like, think about, you know, pop culture in a time like this, because like Cam was alluding to earlier, it is like a sort of existential shift that we're all really – Weathering together, I and mean, you know, things aren't normal right now, but you know, escapism is called that for a reason, so it, it's, it's I'm glad we still have it because I'd be fucking going nuts already if I didn't have you know, uh, hashtag content to uh, to uh, to digest. Yeah, soon it's right. going to be
2: only posts,
4: yeah, only posts. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, I, I'll be honest, I haven't been keeping up too much with shifting of the industry. I, I mean, watching. I, I've been paying attention a little more to the conversations about like what is really going to last, and like I talked to someone today, ironically enough, about like you know I think we're going to see a boom in animation. Like I think animation is probably the only thing that's going to be able to film during this because you can record your audio from remote areas. Mm, yeah, like,
2: yeah. You
4: you can draw in isolated situations and have remote rooms, and I think we're going to see a shift towards you know all that you know animated. Sort of digital content on the rise, uh, while while the studios sort of take this hit temporarily, or we don't know how temporary it's going to be. So yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a weird, jarring time to be alive for many reasons.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's weird to be living and I mean working in and around the you know the the happening of it. I mean, it, it was. I know in you know in some places, you know, if you're if it's just people going into offices where they sit by themselves and stuff i mean i you know not not in this industry but i mean outside of it i know that like it's been easier for you know people should still be staying home when they can but if, if right you know you're if you can isolate in an office and you walk in in an automatic door like that's basically still the same thing uh but i mean this like you can't like there is no there's nothing like there aren't you can't you film anything you you can't like it's it's uh, there is no way around it and it's truly true like money cannot fix that
1: yeah Yeah. and and even even bigger than that you've seen a lot of industries you know just straight up shut down from the nba nfl still trying to do what they got to do but i don't think that's going to happen i think they're going to push a lot of stuff there uh i mean what was that
3: Baseball, too. Today was supposed to be opening day. It was supposed to be opening day. Baseball opening day is pushed back until at least the earliest is May now.
1: Wow, dude. Well, I I hate to even to even say uh, man, I I really hate to even I I guess this is optimistic, but do you guys think that it is realistic that we might see okay, have capacity theaters by May, mid-May, early June?
4: man i I know I'm sort of the resident doom and gloom guy on the podcast but like I, I just watching our fucking elected officials already starting to talk about like yeah we're gonna return to work at April, by April and that's just like that's literally you know, yeah, yeah you're literally conscripting a million people to die yeah that's, that's a week
2: from today to the, yeah. what the fuck are you
4: talking about? Yeah. Like we we already know the greatest battle and fight against this is self isolating and flattening the curve as they say and like the fact that like Trump goes on there and says like no we'll 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 be we'll be cramming back in churches again by April and his you know Dr Fauci has to come out and immediately be like no don't listen to him like it's <laughs> terrifying that like this is happening and he, this anti science anti intellectual administration is trying to usher us through this unprecedented pandemic and it's. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm a little, I don't, I'm not as optimistic that we'll have even theaters operating by May. Like, I think it's going to be like end of summer, best case. I, I am
2: kind of in this. I mean, j- just like, I think that there's a chance by the middle of May, some, some stuff is like operating at a more regular capacity. But I think stuff like, I think if it takes place in a, like, movies, concerts, uh, uh you know that type of shit uh i'd say july august yeah i'm gonna say
3: I I, was, I I say this jokingly but also kind of serious so like today i just got notified i've been telling justin about this but like so like my student loan payments got suspended for like the next 60 days but then today i checked again today and they got pushed back to even i don't have to pay again until july Mm. So I believe if the government is not if the government is not coming to collect money until July, I definitely do not believe movie theaters will be open before I have to pay another student loan, so, okay yeah I do yeah, not think fair because that
2: they literally could like a computer can do the job that is the job of make sure cam pays his student loan, a computer can literally do that, so yeah. postponing that.
4: I mean, that's that's all like I've been saying that since the NBA shuttered, Where I was like never in, in the history of capitalism has an enterprise closed down when it didn't have to. If they, if they can risk not wasting a dollar of their bottom line, they're not going to do it. So like watching industry shutter their doors and like, you know, like Amazon and these multinational corporations cash out and the government treating this as a way of pinching pennies, it's like, OK. Yeah, this, this is the real fucking deal.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I will say, I mean, again, we're in a time when like us all it, it feels like the only thing you can do is treat real life as entertainment just to like get through the day. And it's mm. not a healthy way to live. But it, we all do it to some extent. And I mean, shout out to the NBA for shutting down. Like as they they, the right thing. they often are, you know, after the, uh, the I mean, the China uh, thing. Not not Jesus Christ, not the flu, the thing earlier in the in the year with China
3: started with the Rockets. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Like that. They needed like kind of a a PR win and like like being the the league that like being the first not only public or not public organization, large organization and massive money making organization to shut Mm -hmm. down like get like good job on them. But it was crazy. Like as you know, it it, back to like the entertainment consumption, literally watching it happen on TV. Like I'm scanning through the games on league pass and like this thing with the ref is happening and Chris Paul's walking over to the bench and they're telling it, they're like waving him away. Like, go stay, stay the fuck away from us. And it's happening on TV. And another game is about to happen in five minutes. And like, you're you're hearing like they and they they already couldn't control it like the the you know, a ref had it like they knew that one of the refs had it and she wasn't there like that. They did their very best and did something unprecedented and it was already too late.
1: I, th- I you know, I'd be remiss to say that like we are missing out on probably the, the biggest uh, money gaining part of the season for the box office. Think about last year what we had out. Uh, literally in April, uh, end of April. We, we were, yeah. yeah, we were talking about Endgame and all of Disney from Captain Marvel to Endgame to Lion King. That was a over billion, two, three, four billion dollar year. And yeah. this year, everyone's taking a loss. I think anyone who comes out of this looking the yeah. the worst off here would be these major big blockbuster films that we were all talking about and being concerned about last year. I don't think they're you know that they're going to have as much teeth coming out when they, when, when they do but I do say this I think this might be the year to, to Eric's point not only of animation but these mid-market mid-level movies especially horror movies that are coming out as well
0: yeah
4: and they're they're way more justifiable to try the you know day and day of window of you know straight to VOD like I thought that was a brilliant move of Blumhouse to throw um, Invisible Man up on you know street brilliant move of Blumhouse wasn't that Bo Brilliant! It was
2: NBC. It was NBC Universal. It was me.
4: I asked for it, and they did so, it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Fifi called the manager once again, and made it happen.
2: I only uh, used the power for good.
4: True. Uh, got Danny Masterson, Masterson cancelled, and got Invisible Man on stream. Um, but,
1: but I mean, just just in June alone, just in May yeah. and June alone, you had like Spiral, uh, the, the Saw sequel in May, is now. Oh my crucial. god, damn! out in the next couple of months tenant is, is july that, but that's not a mid-market movie that's like a that's big budget that's like 130 yeah, a million a block,
3: excuse me excuse me,
1: excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. uh you had you had you had, you had candy man in june which is another like 20 million dollar budget movie these movies could go to october with halloween kills coming out that month and that could be the biggest month of the year is all horror movies in october
2: yeah, because they could, like, I mean, if, if the, you know, if the curve is flattened or whatever enough, you could get people back in editing suites. I mean, by the end, by, by in time enough to get them out in October.
4: Well, uh, to a quick, you know, pin in that, I think it's, you know, sort of pertinent to this. Like, I work in post-production and I'm watching... Like, I, I'm worried about another precedent that that's being set. Like, we now have the capability for entire edit teams to work remotely. Like, uh, oh, like that's in my job for the past two weeks, like, I, you know, we've finished shooting. And so we've luckily also have a job in post because we're cutting it. And yeah, it's like, we have like team viewer and like this remote access called Atlas, where they can access, they can use their Macs at home to drive, turn on and drive the Avid on the Mac that is at the office that they used to use. Oh, that's great. And it's great. connected to a server. It's like, I feel like that's going to shift everything. And I was talking to the person who told me about animation today. She's a TV writer and she's like, they're trying to do zoom Rooms. She's like trying to get in this writer's room um, for this, like Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd show that's filming in London. And they're like trying to, you know, just, do everything remotely and like it's yeah it's delocalizing everything in a way that actually works yeah you know who's like
2: actually going to take a hit is like commercial real estate people like yeah. they're yeah. going to be like yeah you know we don't really mind if we have to pay people their same salaries to work from home after this because we'll save the money on not paying 30 grand a month to rent office spaces i
1: that's, mean that's right. and, and I, I do have to ask too eric like do, do you think that it is possible that Again, like we know, the box office is like this this monolith that you know they're they're all about using labor and that there's a union for this. Like, could there be after this is over? Could could they push for you know work from you know more lax work from home schedules, uh, more you know? I, I mean, just looking at the way that everything's changing now, like, would, do you think everything about the way that things are done in post and in actual production could be changed?
4: Oh yeah, and I think I think more people will push for it. It's definitely on the post side. Like unfortunately you can't, like Pat was saying, you can't throw money at production stuff. Like someone's gonna have to have a camera in a location. I mean you're gonna have
2: fifty to hundred people no matter what you're doing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And so like production may not see that sort of malleability, but like I imagine like all of post people being like, oh, now that I know I can work from home, I don't want to work in an office ever again. <laughs> and I think, I think a lot of people are going to because I, everybody realizes now, oh, we could have been doing this from home our whole fucking lives. And uh, yeah, it's it's really, I think that's going to really upend the industry more so than these sort of furloughed production schedules.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's definitely. Yeah,
4: okay? yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay, cool.
1: Um, no, we can hear you. We're going to leave that in too. Leave that in, Pat, because we're we're literally all remote this time. Yeah, uh,
2: we are following the CDC <laughs> guidelines, and if you're listening to this, you should be too. Um, one one
1: format that is that is uh, actually winning throughout all of this, and we're going to talk about some movies that we watched this way, or a movie that we all watched this way last weekend, is streaming in VOD services: Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. They're all winning right now because at the at the touch of a button, these companies are able to, to, to flip a switch and have the biggest movies out uh, on their, you know, on their platforms. Just at the, you know, the just name a date, like Birds of Prey just came out. The Invisible Man, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, came out. The Hunt just came out. Bad Boys for Life is coming out on, on the 31st. Um, But there's one thing, you know, these are all good movies and all.
2: One thing, give us first cow. Thank you.
1: There's one thing I want to talk about. And that is Tiger King on Netflix. Yes. H- have we all watched this?
2: Uh, Cam has st- and Eric have started it, and you and I have finished it, I think, is the tally.
4: I got about two episodes left, so we. I think there's a way to talk about this spoiler-free.
1: Yes. I mean, just – just. I think – is this one of the – since Wild Wild Country, is this
2: one of their best shot documentaries? I mean, the they uh, yes, just not necessarily even because – some of the footage is beautiful, but they, the access that they have to footage is yeah. the some of the craziest I've ever seen.
1: I yeah. mean, they were following him around for like six years.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah. And that guy, it was, um, fuck, what what is it comparable to, uh,
2: fuck, Philip Seymour Hoffman and along came Polly. Oh
4: no. <laughs> I got my own. e True Hollywood story uh, for one of the first Kevin Hart roles, by the way, he was one of the camera guys. Um, Anyway, it, it is insane because the guy was such a maniac that he was filming himself with this, like, fake web series that he thought he was filming that never went anywhere. I, 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 remember, I, I remember I saw Joe Exotic clips on YouTube, and I always thought that it was, like, like, a really smart Nathan for you, Tim and Eric kind of parody. And they were just pretending it was real. Like, I was like, oh, this is, like, in service of something else. There's no way this dude. Like, he's got a mullet, he's gay, he's a tiger wrangler, he curses and carries a gun. I was like, this is checking off too many boxes, but I was like, oh, no, this is fucking real. <laughs> um, so seeing this come, story come to life, and I'm, like I said, five episodes in, and I see, I had no idea. Like, I knew he was, you know, I knew, dr- I knew drugs would be involved in some sort of, you know, tiger violence and uh, animal abuse, but, like, I didn't expect it to go to the darkness levels that uh, it's going to now.
1: What do, what do you think about it so far, Cam?
3: Like I'm, I'm only like midway through episode one, but like, oh god, all I see yeah. is this guy is, is already nuts to me, bro. And we, I haven't even seen shit yet, like, but you can just tell, like, you can, you can really just tell, like, this shit is going is just the intro when it tells you the guy wanted this woman dead, <laughs> it's over some tigers, bro. Like, <laughs> you're like. I already know I'm in for a wild ride already. Like I don't, I don't know how I don't know how long it's gonna take me to finish this. Probably what's gonna happen is I I told Drew about it and Drew hasn't watched it yet, and so probably when I go over to his crib this weekend, we're probably gonna fucking binge this shit and just fucking watch it all the way through. But I can tell already that this is about to be insane. And like i'm happy you guys like it because it's one of those things like i see it all on my instagram i've seen on my twitter and it's one of those things do i buy the hype of social media but the fact that you three are all like vouching for it is a good sign
2: it's it's very good i was worried about the exact same uh but i i enjoyed it a lot It, it it isn't like i finished it and the my biggest takeaway was like i'll never like one of these as much as i like the jinx but uh the revolving door of characters they have in this one is one of the best ever like as soon as you think somebody's story is over somebody else shows up and
4: they they all they all look like fucking like Penn and Teller like on acid or something like they're just the weirdest fucking looking units I've ever seen they're all Jody
2: Hill characters
4: (laughs) Like, if, if they do make this movie, which I think they are, they better fucking cast Danny or fucking Steve Janowski in something.
1: Yeah, I, I think mo- more than anything, it's, it's really like an incredible. There are like parts of this documentary that are incredibly sweet. And, uh, but there are also parts of this that are incredibly, like, like you said, like it's too unreal to be real. And especially towards the end when you see the, the three way dance between uh, Carol. And and uh, Joe Exotic and what, what's the partner's name? His name uh, his name's what's uh, what's the, what's the Jeff. partner? Jeff. Yeah, like the, the, That's the of, Eric character. Yeah the 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 three way between these these characters is just so compelling. Like I've never felt really the need to rewatch something, but I'm gonna rewatch this because there's just so much here to you know really dig into. And to me, I think it's probably one of the best documentaries Netflix has ever done.
2: Oh yeah, I, I definitely agree, and so it's, it's one of my favorite things they've done. Period, I would say.
4: Yeah, it's it's supremely watchable, and like it it doesn't do the thing I was worried about, where it was like we, we we're kind of in Florida Man, uh, the industrial Florida Man industrial complex. Yeah, where yes, like, yes. Where it's, where it's like, haha, like crazy guy with a mullet. He's poor, white trash. Like I feel like we're like punching down like at, at poor people, but this doesn't do that at all. It's like it's sort of just this unjudging eyeball. And I mean, obviously these people are eccentric and psychos and, uh, but it, it does it in a, in a way, like Justin said, it's surprisingly sweet at times. And you're like, wait, I fucking like this guy. And then 10 minutes later, like, Oh no, no, he is like, he deserves to be in prison.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there are some things that he I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it for cam here, but there are some points where he is doing things to Carol that are irrehensible. Like they're, they're very terrible things.
2: Yeah, and he's and I mean just as a as a boyfriend, uh he's not the uh the great boyfriend husband, he's not the the best guy. I mean, uh he, it's he, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it, 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 it has cats. Like that's the point. Like it's I mean it is it is a documentary ultimately in in my mind about animal abuse. But at the same time, it's proving it the point of basically, everyone in it, which is you can't look away from the big cats. Everyone fucking loves them, and so do I was, you.
4: I was just about to say it's like that. It's like that uh Shane Black line and um, the nice guys. The point is the plot, Uh the plot is the point, where it's like, yeah, they're proving our points, like how seductive this world is. It's like who's gonna want to hang out with these meth head people? Like, oh, you get a big animal around, and like, yes, I want to be around these
2: people. Yeah, okay. man. There's I can't wait for you guys all to finish it because there's a line. Uh, towards the end that like is one of my favorite lines uh, in something I've heard in years I think
1: and yeah so so, uh, that is really the state of everything right now after the break we're going to get into what we've been watching in particular we're going to go a little bit long form on the Invisible Man and the Hunt and everything coming up Uh, so stay tuned with Late Fees and we'll be right back
0: The hunters to lay down their guns. Tell them that the tiger needs a little bit of love. Let them run the jungle, let them roam their land. Then stand back and marvel what a beautiful cat. Cause I saw a tiger understand well, I saw a tiger a tiger man. I can give them a home safe and warm but the law wants to ban me can you tell me who's wrong every time they move every time they Feel their power. I can feel, feel their peace. Cause I saw Tiger. Now I understand. Well, I saw Tiger, and Tiger saw man.
1: All right, and we are back on late fees quarantine edition. Not sure yeah. how many. Not sure how many quarantine editions we will have, but I mean, as as long as, you know, we, we have the, the space to talk to you guys, we would love to provide a uh, a distraction from, for, from everything that you guys are going through right now. And obviously, you know, we're all going through it as well. So we're all in this together, but we want to talk about what we've been watching uh, for the past couple of weeks. And what we have watched is a movie that I saw right before everything crashed. Cam saw it as well. Uh, but we did have a kind of like a team, cool little like uh, partnered up <laughs> live watch with everyone <laughs> uh, of the Invisible Man. Last uh, we Pat and Eric saw it last week. I joined them, of course, on my second watch. I love this movie. Uh, but we all watched this movie. I have to say, I mean, if if the if the box office just shut down today and we would we didn't get it back for the rest of the year, it's probably my favorite movie of the year so far.
3: One hundred percent agree. One hundred percent.
2: Let's see. I have only seen four movies. Uh I think it would it would be my uh favorite theatrical release of twenty twenty based on the four movies I've I've seen. <laughs> five. I mean, five. count the hunt. I don't know if the hunt <laughs> counts for this year or 19, but
1: you know what's crazy that every movie I saw this year was actually good. Like Bad Boys is good, Birds of Brothers. Prey is good, is good. <laughs> Sonic is good.
4: Sonic <laughs> <laughs> is good. I will say, and I, I could possibly take flack for it, but I'm willing to defend it. I think the gentleman is good. It has a very problematic. Uh, there's like three very problematic, troubling scenes, but I think it's one of Guy Richie's Ritch- best movies. And
2: I'm gonna, you know what? I'm probably gonna watch that after we record, after we're done recording. Actually,
4: it's a, it's a shame those three scenes exist because I'd give it five stars if they didn't. It's the only thing that weighs the movie down. But overall, it is like. An incredibly written, paced, acted, funny fucking movie.
2: Here, here is something that uh, again, you're you're saying that you might get flagged for this. I'll I'll I'll, I'll take all the flack for you and just say this uh, that I think like now that we have crested into like what we're in now, and uh, you know this like uh, I don't know it's 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 so far from uh, like when I don't know woke online culture peaked in my mind. I am oh, at this point comfortable saying uh, Guy Ritchie is has always been more or less a uh, semi. Uh, uh, there have been ignorant moments in his films for years. Uh, he's been making them for twenty years. I'm fine enjoying the gentleman uh, and throwing out just that. Like I think I think you're. I think it's fine. Like Guy Ritchie is yeah. not going to change. You can still enjoy his movies. Like I was watching this last season, A Curb, and it got off to a little bit of a rough start. Uh, but then it like it was hilarious, like all a lot of the other seasons are. And I was like, you know, th- like this was never the most like I'm sure if I went back, there would be things that were for 2002 offensive in the show. Like, yeah. that's just whatever. That's how it is. It's not. Uh, I, you can enjoy it. It's OK. It's, you have my permission.
4: <laughs> I, I'm inclined. I'm inclined to agree. Uh,
2: Thank you. Thank you for that, Pat.
1: Uh, <laughs> I need to check out the gentleman. <laughs> I need to check out the gentleman. <laughs> Uh I I I like, check like guy Ritchie movies automatically turn me off because they're just like they're too thick on those accents, bro <laughs> This
4: one is the most watchable, like this is the most uh like finely to that's what that's what makes those three really uh infuriating scenes so you know distracting. Because other than that, it is his most finely tuned movie, and that includes the accents, the performances the convoluted plots that he's known for that he ties up very cleanly at the end. Like it is a breeze the whole time. And you know, you'll squint your face during those routines to like, huh? And then you'll just continue enjoying the movie.
2: How is, uh, how is Hugh Grant?
4: He's like, again, one of those stat- stunt casting things that shouldn't work, but he fucking steals the fucking movie. Well,
2: he has said like, I've never been his, I actually liked the movie about a boy quite a bit. Uh, but he, he, he said recently that he only, he's, he's no longer interested in being a movie. Like, I mean, obviously he's, he's a little bit of a movie star no matter what he does, but he's only interested in taking like weird roles now. He said,
4: yeah, yeah it's weird. And he's sort of responsible for two of those really bad scenes. Uh, but he's so good in them <laughs> that you, are uh, like, God damn it. But, um, yeah, it's weird to think that that guy was once like a leading man sex symbol. It's really funny.
1: So, The Invisible Man. 2020, yeah. there's a lot that happened that had this movie actually be created. And I I don't think it's a stretch to say that if the Tom Cruise mummy film had done better, then this film wouldn't exist uh, because it yeah. essentially was supposed to be setting up the dark universe. Uh, uh, the less said about that, the better. That was going to be shepherded by Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe. Of course, you know, it didn't happen that way. The, the The mummy was more famous for a uh, legendary slight in the trailer than anything else. And uh, they, they pretty much scrapped it, which gave uh, Lee Winnell uh, the, the ability and, and the right to actually make a new screen, new screenplay out of the invisible man. that had nothing to do with this and actually made it a story, a, a tight story about uh, paranoia, PTSD, and more than anything, abusive relationships and gaslighting. Uh there are so many things I can say about this movie. I just want to go around with, you know, to everybody. Uh, How'd you guys feel about this? uh, Cam, starting with you. Um,
3: like I co-signed what you said earlier, like it's probably my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, this movie. Like, I love when I go, when I go to see a movie and I think I know it's going to happen. And I, I, I get proven wrong constantly. Yeah, I had a hunch, kind of, that the the brother was in on whatever was going on, like from the beginning. I just didn't oh, sorry,
1: the... sorry, spoilers, spoilers. I'm sorry. I'll oh, sorry. I'll, I'm sorry. I'll record
2: a a uh, spoiler message. Uh, to okay, drop in during the intermission.
3: Sorry for the spoiler, but <laughs> like, yeah, like, so I had a hunch. I just didn't know to what extent. And then once we get to the end, when you kind of start to, when you realize. That they're in cahoots with one another. Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Like, I really think that, um, what's the, the guy who plays, uh, Griffith, um, Oliver Jackson Cohen, that's his name. Um, yeah. Th- he, he, he quickly rose up like my ranks of most evil characters ever in a movie just off of this one film, in my opinion. Like, he went to an extent that I didn't think anybody would ever really go to in any scenario to, Quote on, to basically control his his wife, or like at the that's the essence of the movie, at least that's what I took away from it. And so, for him to basically fake his death and become invisible and basically haunt her and everybody around her until he gets he got her to like acquiesce, or at least he thought he would, like that. I just think that the movie is pretty, it's just, it's an incredible movie, in my opinion, like especially for a horror film. I was, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, and like it was just, I, I, it's just a really, really good
1: film, really good film in my opinion. What about you, Pat?
2: I really liked it. I was worried that I would think it was kind of, uh... Hokey? Yeah, yes, I I was worried I would think it was hokey, uh, and that being said, I like plenty of things that I think people would think are really hokey, uh, but I think what my, I, I like One L, uh, because of saw obviously i'm a a kind of a diehard uh fan or i guess depending on your definition diehard apologist for the first saw movie uh and it was uh, you know it it was great to you know it's it's 20 years later now almost so that's crazy but uh it was great to i think the movie had some amazing uh sequences i think overall it was it was uh i had some a few issues with it uh, but it was—I thought Moss was great, uh, A.K. Olson, uh, and ah. the- hey
1: man, that was that was a, that was an honest mistake. Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I think she could have been good in the movie too. Actually, now that I, I am actually considering it, uh, but I was really happy just when uh, I started the movie when when we started the movie, uh, and the opening sequence might be the best part of the movie. Not to uh, not to say that the rest of the movie isn't good. But I thought just the, the way that uh, it was shot was, was really great, I thought. And I was watching it thinking, like, obviously, this is, you know, it's Blumhouse. So he's taking a shot at making it a pop hit. That's what his formula is. But somebody actually shot the movie. Like, somebody actually cared about this. Like, yeah. they wanted to make it both good and creepy. Uh, and it was, and I I thought it was great. The, there were some great jumps throughout the movie. Obviously, the scene has a very good uh, jump, uh, I think. And uh, I think
1: more than I think more than anything, he wanted the movie to say something. And I think that uh, in the, in these times now, like obviously things are changing rapidly. Yeah, you have to you have to say something in your in your horror films. I mean. You look at even Ari Aster who, who did uh Midsummer last year, like these these are movies that say something about, you know, men. But like this, you know, Invisible Man in particular says something about a powerful man and how powerful men, even though the the crux of this movie is about, you know, he really is coming after her, but it's sure. about powerful men who stick with you no matter where you are.
4: Yeah. I I uh, I'm inclined to agree with all three of you guys. I um I I I had similar suspicions or skepticism that pat had like there's a very easy way this movie becomes hokey and it and it tiptoes that line very well and doesn't devolve into like the sort of yes queen feminism that a lot of these liberal pop movies do i think she's a completely flawed character but she is still a she's hundred percent a victim like she never she doesn't adopt what the men do to get back at the men she still enacts her revenge in a very punch up kind of way for lack of a better term and that was like really refreshing um and yeah, just I, I I was a big fan of Upgrade, uh Lee's first movie. And it should on paper it shouldn't have worked, but he does these like you said, he cares about how it looks. He uses negative space in this movie to a way that fucking gave me anxiety attack. I was like scanning the frame for like where the fuck is the invisible main <laughs> And you know, it's a, it's a really it's a really expertly shot movie. Again, like Moss is just a beast all the time. Um And yeah, and also, like, you know, another, not to get too heady, but like you were saying, like, this is a movie that says something. And again, when movies try to say something, the message is so tone deaf or ham fisted that it doesn't work. This one fucking works. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also thought a really smart move in a movie about power dynamics and, you know, abuse and, you know, really narcissistic, entitled men and, like, the pain they inflict in the world. I was really nervous that. When we found out she was pregnant, that he had raped her, and the fact that they avoided rape and it was just a twitching of medicines, which is still awful. Don't get me wrong, but they avoided the rape plot like trope to further propel the narrative. And I thought that was really smart and sensitive and respectful.
1: Yeah, it, it was, and and I mean, like the 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 manipulation of the 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 baby subplot, uh which came out, and I, I I've said it like the the last act of this movie is twist central and i I don't uh i'll let pat get to his issues with the movie uh in a second but like there are so many twists that are thrown at you in the last 20 minutes of the movie that it's almost like too much and it's like we're dealing with the fact that okay you know this is over because he literally uh kind of outs himself in the suit that, that he made, like it, it's on camera. He's, he's he's killing people openly and doing karate moves and shit like that. But it's also like there's another twist that happens, and there's a twist on her, and there's a twist on him. It's like all of these, you know, congeal into a great movie. And I feel like the the they, they stick the landing in the last two three minutes of it. But then like betw- getting there, it's kind of it becomes like action blockbustery, and it's
2: it's really weird. I would say that it's not. It, it is. It's kind of block. I mean, it, it is blockbustery literally because it's you know like. My issue with it actually is my issue that uh, is it actually isn't it's what I texted you that I think that the you I mean, you kind of know that the brother is probably in on it, or there's a is he isn't he with the brother being in on it for the movie. Uh, But what I think was really broadcast at the end, just when they're uh, when they take him down in the house, and there's 20 you realize there's 20 minutes left in the movie. Like as he's dying, it's like, oh, it, it that's the brothers in the suit right now. Uh, mm-hmm. like that was the biggest uh I didn't that moment of realization was not really it didn't really translate into a larger issue of uh of me disliking that twist and uh I think somebody just said his name i don't I, I, I don't know it, but he he was fantastic, the brother is is yeah, that it, is that my man from game night?
4: No, no, no. It's a similar looking guy. Um, but it's funny you say that because I was watching it with Noel and she called it. And maybe that's just a testament to me being a man and being an idiot. Uh,
2: you have an invisible life. brain.
4: <laughs> the baby, invisible baby. Brain. <laughs> um, but when, when they, when his, her sister takes Elizabeth Moth to read like the will. And <clears throat> I was like, Oh, this guy's a piece of shit. He's an asshole. He's like, Making her hear this very sort of gaslighty, manipulative speech, but then the next time we see him, he's like, "Don't let her win." Like, I hated my brother too, and I actually believed the performance. I was like, "Oh, maybe he's not involved," and I believed that for like a good thirty minutes. So I, it, I, I fell for the twist. It was actually pretty good. I,
2: I did. I didn't. I was unsure after his second scene, but I thought he did a great job in that scene. The like, I hated my brother scene. I thought he was yeah. very convincing there. I thought it was good.
1: Okay, but. The bigger question is, like, even besides all of that, I could have bought the brother stuff if it really just stuck to that. The more interesting part here is in the end of the movie, when uh, Cecilia Elizabeth Moss's character kills, uh, kills the boyfriend and they leave a question where it's like, okay, was he telling the truth? Or did she snap or was she thinking ahead of him this time so he couldn't do it? Like, what do you where do you guys stand on that?
2: I, I think one of the things I liked the most about the ending was the ambiguity of it. I mean, if even, you know, I, I, it, it seemed like he was pretty shitty uh, in and of itself, uh, whether or not, you know, depending on how guilty he was as the invisible man, uh, depending so it's hard to feel bad for him whether or not that stuff was true that's not really what you're asking I guess. Uh I thought it was I thought it was clever that they I would say probably 85 15 made you think that he was completely deserving of it. Uh but that 15 was a good enough chunk to be like, "Oh, I don't know. Like is is she just Like is she just kind of going power crazy now? I mean, it's good. What I liked was that they ultimately shoehorned it into an origin story. Yeah,
4: yeah, Uh, yeah. The brother and the boyfriend are like Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard in Scream. It's it's, you know the the dynamic duo, and yeah, it it was just cleverly laid out. Where obviously there's enough suspension of belief because he is this master of optics, optical illusions, and he creates you know these these worlds altering sort of yeah, illusions so the fact that sorry guys. Damn Hollywood.
2: sorry world altering illusions
4: again like enough there's enough clouded you know there's a cookie there's a cookie crumb trail of like ha- how this could be set up if you really was telling the truth if she snapped, like, each each one of those alternatives is plausible. And I think that makes them for a really tight thriller. Like, you need that sort of air of disbelief and air of mistrust. And, yeah, so now, is she just as bad for doing that? Obviously not. Cause she's, you know, this is revenge. Um, but I love how he she killed him the same way he killed her sister. And I thought that was really fucking gnarly. Like, that the, the levitating knife, like, I think about that shit all the time. Yeah, the, the way that way scene,
2: dance around in and any in any uh, iteration of it was really good.
1: The, the 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 knife scene, I I again I I can't think of a more ghoulish, creepy, shocking scene than that just floored the audience in the theater when I saw it. The I knife, really would
2: like to see that in a theater.
4: Well, and it, it's again it's a testament to the sort of restraints that Lee shows behind the camera, like. It's a pretty bloodless movie until that point. Like, it just shows you this, the power of, like, less is more. Like, when you when you don't, you know, showcase or broadcast the violence throughout the whole movie, and then you have one extremely violent scene, it, you know, it punctuates it so bad. I was like, I like gas when that shit happened. When they both, like, they both kind of squinch their face and they notice the knife floating. She's like, huh? And then her fucking jugular gets slid open. Yeah,
2: it, it was really good. I, I think that it was the moment when I was like, Oh, I was worried this movie was gonna be scary. And this is I hate the it's not a horror, it's a thriller. But uh, I, I did really feel like, oh, this isn't this is more of like a, a revenge thriller than anything else. Uh, it does have this horrific shocking moment that is kind of a jump scare, but uh, you know, it's uh it, it's it was it was a thrilling movie.
1: I think it's terrifying in that just like the same way as get out, it's going to mean a different, it's going to mean different things to different people. And I think if you've ever been in situations where you didn't feel safe and you have been in abusive relationships, this, this very well could be the scariest movie you've ever seen because there is that constant threat and it's there in the movie. It's even there in the scene where she puts the coffee on the floor and she's trying to just wait. And she's like, why, why me? You know, it's just like, I can, you know, I'm pretty sure there's someone out there that that has asked that question or has, has been through that. And I think it, it's super cool to have once again, like horror movies, they, the, the heart and soul of them is the is strong women characters. And I, I think, you know, Cecilia is like definitely an example of why that's important in horror movies. Like if, if in a horror movie, the main character is a dude and he's like the guy, like, I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't trust that. Like Ripley, g- give me her, you know, like, yeah. like I, I want all those people because, you know, I don't believe in it any other way. Like Nancy from from Nightmare on Elm Street, give me her. I don't want a dude to be the the hero of a horror movie, yo. There is
2: almost no horror movie uh, that is good with a dude as the hero. You I know, can't even like one all of, of the all of
3: the iconic ones have a woman as the the quote unquote hero or the main character. Like even in, we we when we went to see Halloween and everything, like Jamie Lee Curtis character, like. It's just like every great horror film. It seems like Scream, the Scream series. Like they all have a strong female lead or woman lead. Don't want to say female, but
4: yeah. yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, there's only one ex- exception to that, and that's Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh all right so uh really quick let's let's go through the hunt i wasn't able to watch all of this movie but i wasn't very impressed by the first 20 minutes of this one pat i know you finished it what were your final thoughts on it
2: uh it's i mean it's here's the thing i would say it's worth watching at 90 minutes it's not worth watching for 20 dollars uh it's I saw some comments that it was kind of a both sides movie, which, I mean, as we've seen, uh, I think as recently as today, both sides isn't really a thing anymore because there ain't two sides. Uh, (laughs) There's at least three. uh, And the people being skewered uh, metaphorically and literally in the hunt, uh, I mean, it's, you know, uh, Biden voters. And MAGA people, like it's, it's there's no both sides in that, as far as I'm concerned. I'm fine with both the idiocy of all those people uh, being, uh, you know, being uh, ridiculed, whether it's yeah. through violence or otherwise. I think the movie's just a little on the note. It's it's a, it's, a, it's kind of a try-hard movie, which it, I really didn't want to think so because I people always say bad shit about stuff that Wendeloff is involved in, and I never agree with them. Uh, yeah. I this one from the the some of the performances to the script to the uh even the production of of some of it was just a little try hard uh and you know that's not cool um
1: i i kind of tapped out i kind of tapped out um at the part literally the first 20 minutes where they're in the rest stop and they're talking about you can call them african americans now or you can call them black now and i was like. I know there there were no black faces in that writer's team and this is kind of uncomfortable. So I'm going to turn it off now.
2: Yeah. It, it doesn't, it, it gets a little less like politically activated throughout because it just becomes kind of an action movie. And again, your mileage will vary on how off putting some of the political stuff is to you. And it is like, it does do a good job of making all of these people who are, Doing this, like the, the, everybody is a villain in the movie, more or less. Uh, which, like, that kind of like Gilpin is great in the movie, but even as the lead, he doesn't really feel like somebody who is, uh, who's fun. Uh, the uh, again, like, I think the characters do say stupid stuff, whether it's racially or otherwise, do get a quick comeuppance, but that's almost like that's almost part of the problem for me. Like, it's too simple it's too on the nose it's like who, what what's who is the actual audience for this it's so would you
1: keep it would you keep it in the video store
2: no no uh okay. no no uh, i mean right. i, I, I fine never seeing it again i'd actually okay. just bought the, uh the game with michael douglas uh and it's not it's not it was very good it wasn't quite the same thing but he is in a situation where literally like everyone it's like a truman show situation like everyone is trying to fool him and everyone is like part of this conspiracy against him and i was like i didn't love knives out as much as some people did either but uh the hunt was a a worse version of knives out in in a lot of ways Uh, And a worse movie than the the game in a lot of ways. And even though, you know, most people won't have just watched the game before watching this, uh, I couldn't stop thinking about that.
1: So all around, we are keeping the Invisible Man in the video stores. We're telling everybody to go rent this movie right now, correct?
2: Yeah, it is a little. Here's the thing. I get it that it is nice to uh, be able to see these movies now. I don't, I think it should be a purchase for $20. That's the price that you'd pay to buy it when it came out anyway. Uh, I think if we're going to be renting all these fucking movies for $20, that adds up pretty fast. Just let us buy the movie for $20 right now. It, it's it's actually
1: kind of weird because Birds of Prey released what, two weeks before that? And you can buy it now. Or
2: you, no, you can't, can't rent it at a regular price yet. Even though. Yeah, you can- it pretty much got its day in the theater. Like, it's, it got an early release to VOD, I would say. But it, yeah, it got an early release to VOD. But it didn't get, in it, like, these other movies just weren't in the theater. Like, uh, the, the the Affleck movie, uh, uh, The Hunt for numerous, like, it, it The Hunt wasn't a theater last year, and now it's not in the theater this year. Invisible Man, its theater run didn't happen. But Birds of Brink had its, it was done theatrically. Right. Like, paying $20 to rent a movie that had finished its theatrical run is a kick in the balls. Uh,
1: I do have homework for everyone. Uh, I, I believe that if we can set this up next week or within the next couple of days, I would love to live watch bad boys for life.
2: If yeah. We can... I mean, I'll pay $20 for that.
1: If we could all do that, let, let's let's try and make that happen and, and put it out there for the people and watch it all live with some of our late fees fans. So uh, we're going to get it together and figure out how we're going to do this. We'll, we'll put the schedule out there just so we want to give you guys more content because I know that we've been kind of like, we usually have a, a schedule, but now everything's so kind of like so crazy right now that we, we don't really have that. So let's try to get a live watch together for Bad Boys for Life. Whether we have the fans jump in or not, we're all going to watch it together. It's a great freaking movie. Uh, but that is late fees for this week. Uh, and as always, you can follow us at RNC radio live. Make sure you subscribe to us at RNC watch our new channel. where you can find this show, all the shows at recalling Saul it's a challenge, overly medicated whenever that comes back and uh, more on this channel as well. Subscribe to it and give us five stars. Give it, leave us a review, everything. Let us know what you guys are feeling on this channel. Uh, if you have
2: heard the newest recalling Saul yet, it's probably the best episode uh, we have done uh thanks to the show doing one of the best episodes it's done but uh also it was a win for us too so
1: yeah it is uh, and i think this show uh that we do here and recalling us all is is the, is the you know and obviously the a show is like some like the biggest joy that i get during the week and i really enjoy doing it and i really enjoy talking to you guys and talking with my friends even though we cannot be together i love all of you very dearly and i love you guys too in the audience as well so until next time the video store is well it's been closed the the VOD store is closed.
2: It's, not, it's it's unfortunately it's not an essential service.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, guys. See you next week.